0: Hi, everyone. It's Jamie. I just want to share with you that my new book, Toxic Relationship Recovery, is available now. This book is for anyone who is healing after a harmful relationship, but it's also for people that are looking to identify toxic traits, toxic behaviors, and toxic strategies that get used upon people every single day. The second half of the book teaches you strategies to heal your inner voice and find your authentic self, after experiencing this type of harm. I'm looking forward to you all reading it and hearing your feedback from it. It's available today. Find Toxic Relationship Recovery wherever you buy
1: books. Hey guys, this is John, the producer for Unlearned. Jamie and CA are off this week, so I'm going to share one of my favorite episodes with you. For this one, we are going to go way back to episode seven, Date Yourself, because it took way too long to realize that it was something that I desperately needed to learn how to do. Enjoy.
0: This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie.
1: And I'm C.A. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming.
0: So we are talking about today our relationship with ourselves and all of the intricate parts of that and what that involves. So you hear a lot on social media and a lot you know, in psychological land about self-work. And one of the things we're going to try to tackle today is what we perceive self-work to be what we perceive our relationship with ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we want to come up with strategies. We want a couple of examples for you to kind of start practicing developing a really deep relationship with yourself. Because if you notice, we talk about self-work and me and CA, were just kind of reviewing this. It doesn't always have to be work. Ah, right. There it is. I guess it can be a deep connection with the most authentic parts of who you are. So, yes, part of you is someone who produces and, and, you know, gets new growth and momentum forward. And sometimes it looks like rest. And sometimes it looks like restoring joy. And sometimes it looks like just taking a moment to yourself. So, this Mm -hmm. is what we're going to cover today. It's really important because it's, kind of the foundation of why this work is so important because at the end of the work that we're talking about is you in a enlightened, enriched state. And we need to know how to be with that self.
1: Yes. I think that's important. This is the, this is the why, like why bother doing all of this work? Why are we healing these parts of ourselves? Why are we, Doing all these deep dives to understand our you know defaults and our habits and what's the what's the whole point of it? And to some degree, it does improve our general relationship with the other people in our lives that we care about. But foundationally, it's about enjoying our relationship with ourselves and feeling deeply at peace with ourselves, and when we're just chilling alone by ourselves. Are we, are we in a place where that's a genuinely enjoyable experience to just be with oneself? Right. It's and that's one of what we're after.
0: Yeah. That's what we're after. It's one of those things that I hear a lot when we start the work, which is I don't even know what I want. I don't know what I like. You talk about wants, needs, Mm. desires and joys and visions. And I don't know any of that. And I, I think there's a reason behind that because if you think about it, you know, making the connection to how we did develop into the self we currently exist as, Mm -hmm. How that occurs and how we get so detached from our visions and the joys and the hopes and the aspirations and the wants and the needs. How do we get so detached from that? It's almost as though what got presented to us was others always need to be considered as like the end all be all. Like in the beginning, it might've been our parents. Like, you know, I really want something, mom, or I want something, dad. And they're like, well... I want a clean house. So that comes first, right? And it's like, eventually, yes, of course, like, we're both moms and we both get that, like, you know, you have to find the balance of that. But the concept of, like, is someone's wants always in front of it, in front of us, right? And then does that always get in the way of us connecting with our own wants, right? And so then when it turns into, when it's parents, it can turn into a partner, right? It can turn into, well, my partner wanted to do this and my partner wanted to move and my partner wanted this and my partner thought this. And I sit there and I go, yes, a healthy relationship does balance those. <laughs> like we do take those into consideration. And notice I said, and, and your wants, needs, desires, hopes, joys, aspirations and visions, all of those things also matter and also do need to be held and and experienced and understood, right? And so if you think about how do we get to the point where we don't even understand any of that? We're just like, "You know what? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know what you're asking me. I don't know where to start." Right? How do we get to that point genuinely it's not foolproof, you know, it's not going to be the journey for every single person, but for the majority of people that find themselves asking that question, many times it's this discrepancy of are my needs valid? It it talks to what we spoke to last week, this concept of like validation of self and validating your own experience in this world individually. Right. Think about that for a second,
1: individually. I think that's the thing is like growing up through your family and through school systems and then being plugged into typically the, you know, capitalist work life of American culture. And I know not all of our listeners are from the States, Um, but I think it's, I, I would assume there's like a similar thread even in other cultures, but like, there's this overarching theme of you are for others, Your existence is oriented through the lens of other people and through the lens of other systems, and your entire existence is oriented toward some other entity, how you fit in with that relationship, or how you best serve the collective goals of that family or system or whatever. And very rarely, if ever, are, is are you allowed to center yourself within any type of forward momentum of your life it's it's just everything feels so like reactionary like you're just going along and you're just doing the next step and you're just kind of like following this random like default that was invented by who knows who who knows when and even the times when you feel like you are allowed to consider yourself I'm thinking about myself, right? Like it's time to graduate high school and go off to college. You got to think about what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be? Like, dig deep, c a, figure out who what you want to do with your life so you know what college to go to and what you want to go to college for. And this is just my personal story. I didn't want to go to college. <laughs> um. I wasn't career oriented. I wanted to take some time off to figure out who I was and what I wanted out of my life. And I wasn't given that option by my family and society. It was, no, you have to go straight to college because Mm -hmm. if you don't, you'll lose momentum. So just pick something you like and study that um, and just see how it plays out. And. I did that, you know, and how has that played out? It's, you know, we're not going to sit here and analyze my entire life, but let's just say the degree that I got is sitting on a shelf and it's not really directly useful to my day-to-day life. Um, and I'm still paying off those loans. So even the times when you think that you're kind of like allowed to consider yourself, uh, even those moments, like there's so much outside pressure. And say you even do pick something that like you actually are like authentically connected to and you do go on to use that degree. Again, listen to how I'm wording this. Like it's all about like utility. It's like this usefulness. How useful are you to the world and to your relationships? It's very, very little of it has to do with like connecting with yourself and honoring yourself. And the concept of, should our job be our passion? That's a whole other topic. We're not going to necessarily deep dive into that right now. But what I'm saying is like, that's just like an example. I'm trying to illustrate how even the times when we think we're allowed to, you know, orient to ourselves, even those moments are very often heavily influenced by outside expectations.
0: Right. So how do we get to the point where, If we're on this journey of growth and we're on this journey of self-reflection, how do we get to the point where we're noticing that, sure, past versions of ourselves have made choices that were heavily influenced by other people or other cultural expectations or whatever, and how does that show up to us today? How does that show up to you when you're formulating the way your weekend looks like, right? Oh, well, what can I get done? What can I, what can I, you know, in my very small amount of time where I don't have a bunch of demands, you know, what can I, you know, show up as productive? Like, what can I do? Right. And it's this concept of what we're trying to develop is this reframe around balancing the things that do need to get done. Sure. You're going to have to eventually wash the dishes and sure, you're going to have to eventually, um, you know clean one of your rooms eventually, right? It's this concept of like this attunement, we should say this attunement to self is maybe Saturday, if you're able to, you know, I know some of our people have kids and stuff, but maybe Saturday, you need to just have a slow morning. Maybe you need to take it really slow And maybe that looks like waking up a little bit later or instead of immediately jumping into, you know, all of the things that are on your to-do list, you slow down and you really ask yourself, Mm -hmm. what does this day look like for me balancing the needs around me that are inundating us, right? Especially if you have, you know, Um, other obligations, right? The parents in the room or the people that have really demanding jobs, like it's this concept of there's always something to do. There's always something to do. Mm -hmm. And it mimics how other people's wants, needs, desires. In theory, what we're saying is those in theory are always going to be prioritized over what we might need, which is maybe some self restoration, maybe Mm -hmm. some moments to orient what you need, what you want. And this is where I actually will speak a little bit to CIA and I, both are neurodivergent. I've actually, I'm amazed by my folks um, that are on the autism spectrum. Um, Every time I work with those individuals, um, I'm not on the autism spectrum, but I have ADHD. And so one of the things that I always I'm impressed with is that the amount of like self-advocacy that they've been able to start establishing, especially when you meet them in like late twenties and early thirties is like, like those folks will be like, no, this is too stimulating for me. I need to walk out of the room. And so many people in our society are like, wow, wow. That's dramatic. You can't be at a kid's birthday party. Wow, that's really dramatic. You really need to make a big scene and like say that you blah, blah blah. And it's like, listen, that's why I'm saying some of these, some of the people that genuinely have, honestly, this is the this is kind of the sad part. Some of those folks didn't have a choice to self advocate because it's actually this like visceral body reaction, and at the same time, through series of like honestly micro traumatizations of like being shamed for advocating for themselves they're slowly gaining skills of like no 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 I am not the wrong one to say hey this is what I need hey or do you mind like turning down the music hey do you mind turning down the lights hey do you mind blah blah blah. they've learned that it's not shameful to self advocate. It's not dramatic, it's not overkill, and those that say that are saying that are the ones that are not able to hold space for the diversity of our our brains. Like they don't they they're normalizing they're able at they're doing the ableistic thing where they're saying everyone can endure that amount of stimuli. Everyone can do this, why are you not? Right? And so it's this concept of like I'm telling you part of your journey is validating those needs, and then saying, hey, when I speak to that, when I look at my partner and say, hey, this morning, I'm going to need about an hour. You know, I want to make sure I'm checking in with you. I want to make sure you're going to be able to get some time today, but I'm going to need some time today to focus on X, Y, Z. And all of those things, that X, Y, Z would be oriented to self-restoration, to Finding a connection with like what you need instead of the utility of you, Mm -hmm. you are connecting with the existence Mm -hmm. of being a human being and wanting to create an experience where you're thriving, right? So that's what we're speaking to. It's like, it's so many layered things. It's self-advocacy, it's self-validation. It's also acknowledging that for some people, some of the people listening might be like, if i ask for any anything for myself <sighs> my immediate reaction is i feel selfish
1: mm, okay so here's where i want to jump in cuz what i'm hearing coming through which is really really neat and very interesting about this episode is something incredible that happens when we begin to connect and build this authentic relationship with ourselves and identifying our needs, identifying our joys and our, and our hobbies and our, you know, rest thresholds and all of these things. And we start analyzing it, identifying it, and then actually prioritizing it and advocating for it. It's incredibly empowering. It's very empowering to basically. What you're doing is you're taking in what really is your, I want to say responsibility, but that sounds kind of like a heavy word, but what's your, it's like your rightful sovereignty over these parts of your life. They belong to you and they are yours to discover and to express and to, to dig into And what's interesting is like, what we're unlearning is we're unlearning this concept here of like always prioritizing everything external over these other parts of yourself. And so if you're prioritizing other people's needs and the the needs of the house and the needs of your job and your company and your church and your whatever, like if you're always prioritizing everything and everyone else. Weirdly what I think the brain does is it like creates this messaging and does it in reverse as well to where it tells you your needs are someone else's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz if you're making everyone else's needs your responsibility, then your brain's going to go, okay, well then I guess my needs are someone else's responsibility. So you put it on your partner, you put it on your parents, or your kids, or whoever else to fix and heal and entertain and do all these things for you because that's what you're doing for all of them and when they don't do that or they fall short it builds this resentment and it builds this confusion and all of this like and it's so entangled and then it's it's a mess and everyone's a mess because no one can really fully be for you, what you're supposed to be being for yourself and vice versa. You'll never be for someone else, what they are meant to be for themselves. Mm. And this is what's really empowering about it is all of a sudden when you realize, oh, this is my sovereignty and my authority. I'm the one to discover and, and get into all of this stuff about myself. I'm the ones to take care of my rest. I'm the ones to take care of, you know, finding out my, my hobbies and my joys and my, my needs and things like that and advocating for my thresholds. And then it allows the other people in your life to do that for themselves as well. And it just like, you'll feel this like weight lift and you're like, oh my gosh, this, this feels so much better. It takes a while to get to that point as is, especially when these things are happening in a relationship dynamic where it has been disoriented, right? Cause like the proper orientation is for so much of this stuff to be happening underneath your own sovereignty and if you've given that power to someone else it takes a while to like recalibrate between the two of you um so we can we can analyze that <laughs> separately as as a, another dynamic there but i don't know i just my brain was realizing like how interesting that is to to see how the the brain will take what you're doing and then it'll also reverse it. And then when you reverse it, play the Uno reverse card again, all of a sudden there's like a huge change that shifts all around you.
0: Right. I mean, it really speaks to, it's that really hard question. You know, if someone looks right at you and says, who's, who's directing, you know, your happiness, who's directing your joy. And many times people are like, My partner, my family, my job, my kids, like, and I sit there and I go, that's absolutely a part of it. Like, that's just so hard. It's like, it's so hard because it's not, it's everything we've been saying in the last few episodes. It's not all or nothing. It's not that your kids can't be part of your joy system. It's not that your partner can't be part of your joy system. It's concerning, you know, and I'll put my therapy hat on as a therapist. It is concerning when someone tells me their entire identity is wrapped up in their job or their entire identity is wrapped up as a as a um partner or as a like you know what what how else would we phrase this as a you know joined part mm-hmm. of someone else and i sit there and i go well the reason why that's concerning is exactly what you just outlined CA is that first of all your job is not going to be everything you ever need it can't be it's not going to it's not going to offer All of the things you actually need from a job. Your partner won't be able to do that. They can compromise, they can listen, they can communicate. You guys can share that understanding. They will not be able to be everything to you. Mm -hmm. They won't be. They won't be able to be. And if they are, it actually, the reason where the concern comes in is that the second they don't show up perfectly, it radically shakes your identity. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause you're like, what do you mean? You have a problem? right. It goes back to what we're talking about with boundaries and people pleasing. The second your partner has the audacity to say, Hey, um, you're not meeting my needs. You're like, okay, so I'm the worst partner ever. Or so, so that's like shaking who I am because that's who I thought I was, right. Mm -hmm. Was like the wife or the husband or the girlfriend or the whatever. Right. It's like why so many moms and dads get so shaken up when their adult children say, I need this from you. And they're like, I sacrificed everything for you. And everything was, everything was about you. You're going to ask for more. And you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not, I'm not your identity. As an adult child, looking at your parents and saying, I am not your identity. I am an individual. I am an individual. And so, because they're an individual with an autonomous decision, they can advocate for themselves. And that's why it feels like a threat to so many people that struggle with understanding their own needs. Because when you hear someone articulating their own needs to you, and you don't even, you can't even fathom doing that yourself. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I've seriously heard phrases like this, whether this is personally or just in my own work. It's the concept of like, well, it must be nice to think about yourself. Oh, geez. Yeah, absolutely. Think about that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Think about it must be so nice to consider your needs first. And then you want to know what it's so funny because that person's trying to put you in a place of like,
1: they're trying to shame you. Yeah, they're trying to advocating. shame you, but, but
0: mm-hmm. they're telling on themselves, CA. 100%.
1: They're telling on
0: themselves, right? You're <laughs> like sitting there and you're like almost sad when you hear that phrase come out of somebody's mouth, especially people right. that are doing the self work, because you hear that phrase come out of somebody's mouth and you're like, oh, they can't see really? their
1: needs is important. Like, exactly. you what I'm Like cause, cause They're telling you. Because what I want to say is, it is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. And you should try it. <laughs> but you're right. no, I <laughs> because it's like they're they're toning it in this way that like, oh, that must be nice like lucky you. And the reality is it is nice. it's incredibly incredibly kind and incredibly empowering and incredibly, like like it brings so much peace to be able to do this for myself
0: it's it's interesting because I think what happens when people hear this, they go to the extreme. Okay. They go to the, se- they, they go to, it's not self-centric It's self. It's selfish. Right. And I go, well, where's mm-hmm. the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the difference between the line where the all or nothing thinkers will be like, the second I consider my needs prioritized, I'm going to just trample all over everybody else's needs. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we think about it, it, takes the village community. And we think about the, what the indigenous cultures have taught us, like Many indigenous cultures have taught us that they were communal, right? And you think, oh, oh, but CA just said the the cultures that like say they're community based, they're they're saying don't consider yourself in, right? But I sit there and I go, well, if you're not in an all or nothing mind space, it doesn't have to compete against each other, it's right? Not a
1: competition, exactly. It's not a competition,
0: right? And that's where okay. I sit there, and what we're untangling, and what we're unlearning is that. That is a competition that if I place my prioritized needs in front of my day, then I'm taking away from somebody else's needs. Right. And that I'm that I'm steamrolling over the needs of my children, and I'm steamrolling over the needs of my spouse or my partner or whoever. Like I'm steamrolling over that because I put my needs first. And I sit there and I go, Well, this is the unlearning. Is that the unlearning? Yes. When you communicate Mm -hmm. how precious and how important your needs are, and you hold space for the, the collective part Mm -hmm. of whatever your community looks like, whether that's the family or the extended family or the workplace or whatever, it sounds like this fluffy pipe dream. But what I'm trying to explain to you is that the only way this actually functions without resentment, without anger, without, you know, bitterness to like, any, any sense of of obligation, right? It's like the, it's the classic mom feeling angry at their kids for asking for dinner. And you're like, they're just children with needs and they want dinner. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I sit there and I go, okay, well, where have you, like, if it's getting to the point where you're like angry that they're asking for dinner, dinner, what has gone on in that day that you haven't had any moment to like, Exactly. Recollect and like, take a moment to yourself and say, you know what? I need a moment. And anyone who demands from this moment forward is now an enemy of
1: my, of my ability for peace. See, and this is where the balance comes in because it's, it's incredibly reasonable to prioritize yourself. And if me saying that phrase is difficult for you to hear and accept, then this is what I want you to unlearn because you're, you're being tempted. Your brain is tempting you to think of this as the all or nothing, like Jamie was saying. And it's trying to tell you that you can't ever prioritize yourself. Otherwise you're just going to always prioritize yourself. And that's not the case. I mean, guys, we're, we're human beings. We're smart. We're conscientious. We're reasonable. Like we, we know when is a completely inappropriate time to just prioritize your own self? Like Jamie was saying, like if it's literally dinner time and your family is hungry and it's, you know, your turn to cook dinner that night, that's not the time to go up and take a bubble bath, right? Like, come on like that. And that's not what we're saying. We're not saying to just when at any old winning time of your life, just go do whatever you want. 24 seven. That's not what it is. In fact, if you do this conscientiously, you really will be able to analyze how to structure your life in a way that takes care of these parts of yourself that really need to be nourished. And that helps you to show up to the parts of your life where you are orienting towards others. It helps you to show up to those places so much more freely and energetically Hmm. than if you just continue to neglect, neglect, neglect yourself. That's where that resentment starts to come in. And the, you know, dissonance against like, all I ever do is just this, that, and the other thing. Like, and you start to feel like a slave to the, all the other needs and responsibilities of your life. That's kind of like your cue that you are self-neglecting.
0: Yep. Self-neglecting, self-rejecting, because there's most likely behind that voice of resentment is I also have things I need to do. Sure. And no one's taking care
1: of me. Why do I have to take it? It's what I said earlier in this episode. Why do I have to take care of everybody else 24-7 and no one takes care of me? Because like, that's, that's what you got to unlearn, right? Like you are meant to take care of yourself. And that's not to say that you aren't also worthy of the love of other people and worthy to be prioritized and valued by the other people in life because you are, and there are lots of parts of the dynamics of your relationship where it is good and reasonable for your parents or your partners or your siblings or your friends to show up for you and and right. value you. That's again, we're not doing the all or nothing people here. Like of course that is important, but and also please prioritize yourself and and understand that your relationship with yourself wherever you go there you are. Mm -hmm. And so it's so, so foundational to be deeply connected to yourself and to take care of yourself. And sometimes we do use examples where I want you to like, think of yourself in an external form. This is what we were saying right before we started recording. What if you were to take yourself on a date, right? Love this example. Imagine you have a date with yourself this coming Saturday start planning that date what would that look like now it's easy if you were thinking about going on a date with somebody you know taking your friend out for a date or your kid out for a date or your spouse out for a date and you know what they like and you know what type of food they eat and you know what makes them feel connected or rested or whatever it is. Like say it's a date. What, what does that person need? Oh, I know this person's been working really hard lately. So maybe they need a a date that's just more like restful and restorative. What would be restful for them? And you know, what's restful for them because you pay attention and you're connected to them. That is what we're asking you to develop with yourself as well.
0: Exactly. And it's that concept of intentionality. It's like, you're going to be angry at yourself when that day comes. And you're like, I didn't think about anything, but it's just like if your partner and you had a date night and you sit there and you're in the car and you're like, all right, we're starting the date night. And they're like, did anybody think about what we're going to do? And you're sitting there like, I didn't. And they're like, I didn't. And you're sitting there like angry because nobody put forethought into the time that you were going to have with yourself. Right. So I sit there and I go, it is about intentionality it's that many people that are getting um reoriented to their own needs you know i don't want you to shoot the moon i don't want it to be like oh i have to do this every single day and i have to right but genuinely it might look like in the beginning once a week for you to be like okay this is the time that i get to explore my needs okay and not like I'm just going to do a to-do list. Believe me. I've, Mm -hmm. I've heard this before this concept of, okay, I have an hour. So, um, and it's just for me. So, um, I have to work out. I have to, I have to make that, um, I have to make that like, Seven week meal planning ahead. I have to do all the chicken. I have to do. It's like you sit there and you're like, okay, so that's not what we're talking about, right? Of course, of course, exercises exercising is helpful and like it's it's not that this is a. What do I have to do? Mm-hmm. It's actually about that attunement. It is about what Ca just referred to. That week was inundated with constant stress activation. Your Mm -hmm. body was activated. Your mind was activated. There's so many things you are balancing and what might your mind need and your body might need that hour that you are taking for yourself. Because if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I have an hour to myself so I can run all the errands that I didn't get done. And I go, well, that's productivity.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. That's
0: your utility Mm -hmm. of self. It's saying I could do more. And it's like, that's not serving The nourishment of what we mean by getting attuned to like the wants, needs, desires, hopes, visions. That's why many times this does look reflective, right? Because people are like, oh, journaling and I don't want to. And I go, listen, I it looks however it looks for you. It doesn't have to look a particular way. It doesn't have to look like journaling. It doesn't have to look like going on a walk or whatever, but it does have to look like attunement. Yeah. It does have to look like you paying attention to that week. Your demands that you had on you, and paying attention to with intention, planning that time—that's yeah. what that look like.
1: One of the things I'm going to challenge anybody who's listening to try to like think about in the coming weeks is, uh, I would venture to say, for the vast majority of us, something that we do not prioritize nearly enough for ourselves and our relationship with ourselves is having fun with ourselves. Mm. Um typically it's like Jamie was saying this productivity mindset. And even when it comes to say we're not talking about like actually doing tours or working out. Um if you're listening to this podcast that means you're somebody who is on a self-healing journey and a self-discovery journey and even that is work. It's mental and emotional work and so for a lot of us we might be tempted to take that hour to do that journaling and do more shadow work and do more diving in. And I'm not saying that maybe it's never the time to do that because obviously we advocate for that. Like there's lots of time where you do want to spend working on that stuff, but, um, how often are you prioritizing just like playing or doing a hobby or an activity? you know how many people I know that don't have hobbies? Be, be, why would we have a hobby? Why? Why would, why would anybody in 2022 have a hobby? What is the value? I don't have
0: time for a hobby. Spending time. Right. That's what you hear. That's what you hear. I don't have time for that.
1: What a hobby is, is literally just an activity that you enjoy doing as time passes. It's literally just an activity that is enjoyable in and of itself for literally there's no ends. The means is the ends. It's just a thing you like doing. For me, it's gardening. And is there an ends eventually? Yes, like it leads to beautiful flowers and tomatoes, but that's not actually why I do it. And this is why intention matters because even if there is in the end, something that comes of it, that's not why I did it. I did it because I genuinely I don't know what it is, but for me, like I genuinely get so much joy and like stress relief and everything, all the happy hormones just flood through my body when I'm just like out there digging in the dirt, getting my hands dirty, moving things around, visualizing where flowers are going to come up in the spring. Like, it's just fun for me. And that's just one for me. Right. And so for other people, it's who knows what cosplaying or playing video games or whatever. Um, It's all about intention and where our mind is because, okay, here's where we're going to go back to this first one that I kind of, you know, we were saying, like, well, don't just fill it in with productivity. Well, maybe that is something that is going to be on your list this week, but it's about where your mind is at. Am I cleaning this kitchen because I have to because it's a mess? And oh my gosh, like, just so sick of the mess. And if I don't clean it, no one will. Is that the mentality or is it, I will feel so peaceful and joyful walking through my kitchen this week. If my cabinets are a little bit better organized and that will bring me peace and joy. And it brings me peace and joy to actively do the, do the activity of organized for some people. It is, it's like genuinely, Oh, it's like soothing to like clean their kitchen and organize their cabinets. People get a lot of joy out of that. So is there an ends at the end? Yes. It looks like productivity maybe to some people, but it's about where your mind was while you were doing it.
0: Right. Right. It's a, there's a book that I'm not going to remember, but there's a book that speaks to this. It's the concept of like when you're washing dishes, cause you have to wash dishes or can you like mindfully wash dishes with a sense of joy where you're experiencing, the sense and the bubbles and the warmth of the water and it's flowing over you and you're not putting pressure on your time. You're not making it like, I have to get this done. You know, you're just with presence of mind existing in that moment. And so it is, yes, you eventually get the dish washed, but while you're washing the dish, it's not robbing you. It's not draining you. It's that presence of mind is honestly the protection of like where we kind of look at it as like, oh, I just have to get this done, versus like I'm experiencing like a, you know, a sensory experience, right? It's like the difference between why is a bubble bath feel good, but when we put our hands in dishwater and 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 scrub a dish, it's like the worst thing in the world. And I sit there and I go, sure, like there is some element of effort when you're washing dishes. But if we look at like Even orienting everyday things, which I think is what CA is kind of like speaking to is this idea of like, there is is moments where you can actually find almost like a reframe around even things that we really do have to do. Like we do have to get some of these things done. Even if it's like your work morning commute, right? You could be focusing on the road. You could be focusing on the person that cuts you off. You could be focusing on this. You could be focusing on your gas tank, right? Or you can say, All right, I get to have like 20 minutes to myself. The car is quiet. What do I do?
1: Do so, I? Right. That's the thing is like, it's it, for some of this, it's about mental reframing and where's our intention at? And that, requires a relationship with self Mm
0: -hmm. in order
1: for you to reframe something, you have to be connected with how you tick because what would motivate me to wash a sink of dishes might feel and sound different to what would motivate Jamie to wash her dishes. And that has to do with how do, how do I work? What makes me tick? Do I want to wash the dishes because I visual clutter? stresses me out and it will be de-stressing for me to look over and see the visual clutter is gone. Is that my motivation or is it a sensory thing? You know what? Why don't I reframe this and make it like interesting and enjoyable. To like Mm -hmm. feel the warm water and the bubbles. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm going for. And so that's why you have to know yourself. You have to understand what makes you tick in order to even do a successful reframe. Right. Of something. It's right? interesting
0: because I think like, I do think children teach us a lot about presence of mind. Okay. Because they see fun in any, oh my gosh, it's they so see true. fun everywhere. And so I'm true. sitting there and it's funny. I'm going to bring up an example for you guys. Cause speaking of washing the dishes, it's weird that this connected, cause this wasn't in my mind before we started, but yesterday you know, my kids have a couple of obligations. Like they don't have to do a million chores, but they have a couple of things that like we have them do during the day. And, um, typically it's around like clearing the table or something. Right. And so yesterday my middle child was like, he was like, you know, instead of doing that, can I help you with the dishes? And it was like a heavier dish day. Cause like we had a bunch of stuff going on and, and I was like, Yeah, we can do it together. Um, And when I tell you, it was so enjoyable for him to experience like learning, oh, this is how I load the dishwasher. Oh, this is where the soap goes. Oh, when I use this soap, it bubbles more. When I use this soap, it has like bigger, larger bubbles. Like, you know, oh, I can use this dish soap, like, you know, scrubber, and this is different, right? And so we're doing all of this. And yeah, it probably took a half an hour when I could have done the dishes in 10 minutes, but when I was watching him it was one of those moments where I was like well first of all he's genuinely having fun like he's genuinely really enjoying this and yes. he I mean I get it like you know it's that dopamine wear off like sure eventually he's going to like I don't want to do this <laughs> but like <laughs> but you got to remember like it's this concept of seeing something through a new lens mm-hmm. really tells you that whatever your experience with that is like if you're going on a walk If you're doing yoga, if you're washing dishes, whatever your experience within that, your internal experience with that activity is, speaks to the relationship you have with yourself, right? It's like, am I allowing myself to experience this, right? I'll never forget someone I worked with that was talking, we were talking about yoga and we brought up this concept of, I do the things. Like I do, and this is what I want you guys to hear because believe me, I have a lot of people that are like, listen, I do journal and I do do yoga and I do stretch and I do the thing that it looks, it looks right. And I go, okay, but we're not just talking about the habit. We're talking about underneath the habit and the experience underneath the event. So think about fun, like CA is talking about fun. What would be in theory fun, for people, right? Going to the beach is in theory, fun oh for many people, well, for some people, right? Yes. Or going on, um, you know, going and seeing like a wonder of the world, like seeing, you know, I don't even know if the Grand Canyon's one, but let's say you're going to the Grand Canyon, like you'd think in theory, oh my God, that'd be so amazing and interesting and fun. And like so many cool things would happen. Yes. Right. Yes. And so in theory, We're putting these things out and saying, in theory, yoga would be really helpful for my mental health and, and going on a trip would be really fun. And this is, and this is what I say. It's like, we miss, Mm. we miss an entire layer of self-development when we aren't attuned to how we show up to those experiences. Because bringing back to the yoga story, the, the paraphrase of what happened in yoga was like, I genuinely said like, what is going on in yoga? Like, what is the mind doing in yoga? When I was asking them and it was like, oh, I make my to-do list. Oh, jeez. And I sat there and I was like, oh man, this speaks to how much more demand now that your body is now physically being demanded upon. Cause yoga is not easy people. Like it's actually like Mm -hmm. very, like it can be very intense. So we have a physical demand going on. And then we also have a mental load being added during that event, during that physical experience, right? And so, I mean, you guys get the trend of where I'm going with this, but it's this concept of like, you can do the fun things and absolutely be robbed of your joy Mm -hmm. and absolutely be robbed of your peace. Absolutely. Right. And so we got to like think about, okay, it's not just about scheduling that hour alone. And it's not just about doing something theoretically fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about at all. Yes. That's the aesthetic of it. Right. It's the planning. It's the, what it looks like visually is like, yes, I'm on a walk. Right. Sure. Okay, cool. Like I'm glad that's the the external
1: External. Mm -hmm. Like
0: what does it look like on the outside? It looks like someone's having a peaceful walk. Right. But if I sit there and I say, well, the whole time you're walking, it might be like, Oh, I didn't get this done this week. And I, I need to make that phone call. And Oh my God. And believe me, guys, I am absolutely guilty of this. It's not that I'm sitting here, like in this like elevated state that I don't also struggle with this. I definitely struggle with this. It's just this concept of when we're practicing attunement to self and building a nourished relationship with self, I'm going to give you a comparison. And both CA, CA and I have absolutely had these experiences where think about going, And intentionally, okay. Me and CA haven't seen each other in a while. Right. And we have this really intentional meetup. Okay. And we're like, oh my God, we haven't connected in a long time. And I meet up with her and let's say I don't have a lot of time. Right. I only have like an hour or two. And one person the entire time tells you about what they didn't get done what they didn't do, how they didn't, didn't get like wh- all of the things that are like bad about themselves and all of the, th- and you're sitting there and you're like, even if it's not like your individual relationship, with yourself, someone perceiving that is going to be distraught. They're going to be like, Oh my God, like this sounds overwhelming for you. And I'm really sorry. And yeah. um, there's, you know, there's times and places for processing, but what I'm giving you is an example of if that happens internally right? You go with all of the intention. You you scrape out the time. You go on that freaking walk, right? And the (laughs) entire time, the internal dialogue Mm -hmm. is steamrolled with deprecation and how you're not good enough and all of the things you have to get done. What happens inside of the place that needed to be nourished, that other side of you that said, hey, Hey, you did make the time, but what the hell are we doing? You <laughs> yes. know, it's this concept of that's where some people come back at me when they're trying to do this work and they go, I don't think I ever want to do that again. It
1: even felt worse, right? It felt worse. It'd be like making yourself an entire meal and then sitting there at the table and not eating it. Like that's that's what it's like if, if we're talking about nourishment we are here to be nourishing these parts of ourselves so if if it's if it's the hour you've carved out to nourish your rest if it's the hour you've carved out to nourish your your need for fun and and you know activity or whatever it is planning for the week ahead whatever part of you you're trying to nourish think of it like a meal you can go through all the steps you can get the ingredients you can make the recipe you can cook it you can plate it up you can sit it down at the table but if you don't actively intentionally injure like eat the meal, then you're not getting nourished.
0: Right. Right. And I think it's that comparison of nourishment is not just like the steps leading up to that event. It's like if someone's sitting there and like, okay, well then how do I actually eat and enjoy and consume and be present to the meal? And I sit there and I go, it's that moment of asking yourself the direction of the energy flow, right? If you find yourself, by the way, this is, this is why it sounds like a practice guys. It's not like you're going to just say, okay, well, I'm not going to make a to-do list. And so on this walk, I'm not going to tell myself I'm a piece of crap and I'm not going to tell myself I have all these things to do, right? The mind wanders. The mind is very, is one that kind of finds things to do. Okay. So even Mm -hmm. if you have all of the intention in the world and you're on that walk and you're like, okay, I'm just going to be very present. I'm just going to ask myself, like, what are my hopes? What do I want? Like, what, you know, and then you're starting to do the work, right? And then you find yourself saying, oh yeah, like I didn't call them back. Okay. It's not about deprecation though. It's about noticing, oh, I can feel, I can feel my energy flowing into a productivity mindset. So what I'm doing is I'm gently redirecting. I'm gently redirecting. You guys can use me as an example. This Monday, I took the day to try to do this work. Exactly what we're talking about on this episode. Literally do this work. Be mindful, be present, be intuitive led, listen with the energy flow with where I need to be present. Okay. And I was doing that work and I started the day off. Okay. And then I sat on the bed and I like got on my phone briefly and I was like, I just need to write this email. And there was a part of me, the advocacy part of me that said, we know ourselves. We know that we struggle with once we start working, we're going to have a hard time stopping working. So what I did was I listened to that part of myself and I said, you know what? I don't need to answer this right now. I do need to, you know, leave my phone in a specific place or put on some type of music or something that's leading me to a different energy system. And that takes work. That takes work. So that moment is what we're talking about. We're talking about the moments of where your brain wants to kind of lead you in a place of like productivity mindset or, or even like the, you know, um, why are you going to waste an hour just sitting there and doing it? Right. Like just like the reframe of like what your brain is trying to do. It's like kind of trying to get you to like, go at a different angle with this hour. Right. And it's like, all you're doing is you're gently leading yourself back to that nourished, you're leading yourself back to the table to eat, right? You want to wander, oh, oh, the mailman came, I got to go get them. It's like, no, 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 you're eating, like, no, 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 go back, right? And so you're not saying, like, oh, you're a piece of crap, you went and got the mail. You're saying, okay, we noticed that, you know, the mail came. And mm. what we're practicing is instead of going and getting the mail right when you sit down to eat, you're practicing staying mindful nourishing yourself and then acknowledging that the male will be picked up mm-hmm. when you pick when you're done with this work you know when you're done with this, right? So and to bring a it full
1: circle to bring a full circle, the reason why this is so foundational to your relationship with yourself is because it speaks directly to how much you value yourself and the nourishment of your relationship with yourself. Because again, if you want to visualize, say you're on a date with somebody, you're literally sitting at a cafe table, having a cup of coffee with them. You know, you're deep in conversation having this great time. Somebody else, you know, walks up and tries to get your attention. Hey, CA, oh my gosh, how are you? Haven't seen you in a while. Are you going to turn away from the person that you've set an hour of intentional time with and start talking to this other person and get, suddenly just start giving them your attention. What if someone else walks up and then you start giving like, or are you going to say, Oh my gosh, it's really nice to see you. We should catch up sometime. Why don't you text me later and we'll find a time to talk. I'm, I'm here with my, my other friend right now. will see you later. And then you go back to your intentional conversation with the person you carved out time with, because you value them and you value this time that you put together with them. You know, and that's, that's, that's what we're after, which is what I said earlier. So it's, it's about nurturing that relationship with yourself because you literally value yourself that much.
0: Yes. Those visuals are really important for anyone like just struggling. It's those visuals of what does it look like? What does it look like? Right. Cause we can see it so perfectly. Like I, I loved that you just did that. Scene. You can see it so perfectly with this like external example. Right. And it it would be kind of rude. Right. I sit there and I go, oh, my God, if like I haven't seen you in so long. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there for 20 minutes talking to somebody else that just rudely interjected our conversation. Mm -hmm. I would what would I feel like I'd walk away. I guess it wasn't that important to like spend this time together. Right. And it's this concept of like you're going to feel hurt. Mm -hmm. by yourself. And that's what I think this is actually like a really good like moment for you to realize where some of this pain can come from, because some of this pain can come from the external, the external expectations, all of these other people's needs. Right. And you're like, oh my God, I have to balance everybody else's needs. But many times what we're missing is there's this pain that happens deep inside of us when we have these small moments of self-rejection and self-neglect. It says, wait, why don't I get time? (laughs) Why, why, why is this not important enough to hold priority? Mm -hmm. Why, why is this always, why do we always like find ourselves in this mentality that it's just not important enough? And that CA is like literally that moment of value of saying, if you need any motivation, Mm -hmm. any motivation to do this, journey, like to, to take this on. It's that moment of you are valuable enough. You are valuable enough. You are worthy enough to start implementing these strategies. You are. It's you just are. that your belief sometimes takes practice. You believing that it's valuable. mm mm-hmm. Sometimes needs to have a foundation underneath it of like, I practiced it. I realize, oh, wow, it is valuable, right? I need to practice it. Mm-hmm. And then once you're practicing, the belief is kind of the thing that sustains the movement forward. It's like, yes. no, 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 it is important, right? When you get convicted, which is why I use that word all the time in my own work, is that I say, when you get convicted that this is valuable, that is that is that turning point for you it's that turning yeah. point where you're like yes
1: and once the belief and the practices start looping back into itself like you you create this momentum and you start to see how it plays out and then it just keeps like feeding back into itself and it that's that's where the conviction comes from mm-hmm. yes
0: all right well This has been great. I hope that you practice joy and your fun. Yeah. (laughs) And you do this. Yeah. Because this is really important. That's why we're doing this episode for you guys.
1: Go take yourself on a date.
0: Get out there. Okay. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Unlearned Podcast or individual Instagrams at Recollect Itself and C.A.'s at Embracing Divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our Coffee Fiend Club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called Unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work